Ladies, gentlemen, your host of Coffee Talk, he's right down here somewhere, Stefan Adika. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey, Mike Fasano, my co-host. How are you doing, buddy? I'm one of many co-hosts yeah, per day, it. per show, yeah, according to uh, to Earl yesterday. Yeah, Earl really said did. you had 700. He's great. Hey, I love Earl. Earl really dug you, man. He loves you. Hey, what's there not to dig? That's what I say. You, huh? you, and you Wake know up, what? Have a smile on your face. What? Go on. You, you know what, Morty? Um, Earl, actually, you're the first time ever in history on Coffee Talk live with Adika. You know what? You know what? What? What was really? Wow! It shocked me. Guess what, Mike? Guess what? What? He actually was the one that first say you were in warrant before you did. How about that, Mike? <laughs> That's about... history. That's history, history made. That's history made right there. That's good TV. Adika TV. That would be history, right? Because if it's more history, history. It's, it's it's all about making it good for Adika TV. You know what? You know, hey, you know what? There used to be Roxy TV. You know what happened? The people demand Adika TV, and that's the way it is. Hey, Mike. You know what people need to do? There's a word. There's one word. You know what the key word is today? Subscribe. How did you know? How the, oh guessed. you are good and we didn't even plan guessed. that that is rock and roll subscribe Mike Fasano you have a YouTube channel I have a YouTube channel there's 48 people the numbers are rising up right now subscribe if you have not subscribed to okay. Coffee Talk with Adika please do that right now you never know what's going to happen Mike Fasano what is your YouTube they could subscribe to it's uh it's Mike Fasano or the Mike Fasano that's I'm sure I have Mike to look Fasano. again. Corey but I think you put me on your 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 page, your menu page. It's on the what menu page. It? Make it easy. Make it easy. Since we're so excited because yeah. you're all here, we have a big show. We have 50 people here. So go to the descriptions, and you will find everybody, my cast of characters. Everybody has a page, a YouTube. I want you to support them like you support me. It's one word. It is subscribe. On that note, we want to say thank you very much. I'm just trying to do my best. Hey, Mike, really quick. It's 8.03. We have, a, we have a lot of people coming on. We have a lot of people. A lot of people. But let's bring them on here. Here. Oy vey. I have, a, I have something to talk to you about. All righty. And then we got Corey Leventon. Corey, we don't even have time for your intro. The, the, the day is running so quick. I know you're upset. You know why, Corey? We're on the air. There's no messing around here, Corey. Look at that. No, you like that? So, guys, look. We're on the air. I have a problem with one person. And it screwed Just up got- your intro, Corey. Usually I pick on you, Corey, but today it's going to change it. It's Friday and the doctor is in. He'll help you. You know, guess who's going to get picked on today on the air with Adika? Who's on the air with Adika? Guess who, everybody, who's going to get picked on? Bring it. You. You have a problem with. Come on. Mm -hmm. So anyway, are you a double agent? I want to know something. Be honest (laughs) with me. Be honest with me. My double agent. Are you a double agent? You see, you see, I'm a YouTube sensation. You see, the channel's growing. You see, the people love us. I say, right. us. 
but you are doing side deals. I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You, you don't, don't, don't play dumb. Corey and no, Fasano no. know about your actions. Don't upset that's, everybody. That's Look what you're doing to Fasano. You upset the guy. Look at <laughs> I him. I don't you, know. I want to know. You know. You know. Don't, don't well, upset. Don't upset Fasano. Don't upset on. him. Well, fill you me in him. because this is news to me too. So let's talk about I, it. I want to know. I want to know. It's like is somebody like this seducing you that I don't know about. Be honest. Be honest. Like that. Yeah, like that. Who's that? Show, yeah. show me See, again. Look, look, who's that? She's great. Look, look at you guys, huh? huh? She's great. That's Butch well, if Patrick. she was, I wouldn't talk about she it. She has on a the show head. with Butch Patrick, and I'll I'll start with him too. Eddie Munster <laughs> over she there. She coming on? I don't know if she's coming on, but so, wow. so, I, I think Oyve wants to come on somebody over here. I don't know what's going hey. on. Hey, <laughs> you know what? What? I got a problem with you. Okay, yeah. well, let's talk you know, about it. Let's talk, I'm, guys, you ready to see this? You know what he's been doing behind Just, our back? What? You ready, guys? Let's look at his face. He has a friend in town. Oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, double agent. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. What's going on? Explain. Evidence. That's criminal. Criminal. Uh, uh, no. What Can't you... hide from that. Fasano? Fasano? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I that do looks like, That looks like it was a long time ago. From it was hair. a long time ago. Oh, Thank you. Could, you. See, Thank you, Corey. You the hair. The hair proves it all, huh? Let me tell wait, you something. Wait, wait, wait. Tell the story, though, right? Isn't the story? Tell, okay. tell, tell the story now in like two minutes. Tell it. Okay. Now. I'm going to tell the story, and Mike, I want you to do, of course you did. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. We were playing a show one night with the Bullet Boys and Stephen Piercy. Opening for, of course you did, opening for Eddie Trunk. Right. And I honestly <laughs> was not going to take a picture with the guy, but he came and talked to me, believe it or not. Uh, Say it. Uh, it. He believes it. He believes no, it. Of course he did. Of course no, he no. did. He told, he told me the story. I thought it was pretty I bad. Did. Like, I, I told him about that. Wait a second. He told you the story, but how come I he never heard the story? Because it was a conversation. You were dealing yeah. with uh, almond milk and your dog, Blue, oh. and your daughter. Oh, the, uh, uh, blame it on the almond milk. Okay, okay. go ahead, Oliver. No, go ahead. But, but anyways, but what's rad is Eddie's just hanging around backstage, yeah. and, and he and what was... signed whatever. He's like, so do you want me to sign something for you? Yeah, he asked me, because you want he, me to sign something? And Michael's something? like, I, no. I no? No. He's like... <laughs> Fasano, you look like you're sitting at the kids' table at Thanksgiving. He is. He is. I am. Wait a second. My wife has a Zoom meeting I can't do, and then she's got an interview on Voice Be IT later. Because you know what? It looks like Trunk is a fan of Oyve. Is it because Oyve? You have this going on? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Oyve. Is that you the truth of the matter? It wrong. Huh? Well, how how is it spelled? You spelled it wrong. It's V V E Y. How's that? Wow. Alice. Well, that's hey Corey, is this last Thanksgiving now? Because you don't yes. see the. Problem. I like it. I like it. I like <laughs> Look, it. Look, should I show? Look yeah. at Eric. Eric's here what? with me hey, always, my Stephen, hero. Yeah. Going what? forward, going forward, should Eddie Trunk ever show up at another show? We do. I am going to pitch coffee talk to him. Oh, you're going to pitch coffee talk to him? Oh, let's get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get him on the show. Let's get him on the show. Like, yeah, this this is a face hey, that everybody really wants to see on my show. All right, let's see. You know who books him? My my buddy Chuck at Ars Worldwide books him. Oh, that, yeah? tells, that tells you how many people he's drawing at places if Chuck's booking you. Listen, anyway, so look. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this, everybody. Let's go. I got to right admit, now. I had no idea what you were going to come at me with. I was like, what the I, hell? I, hey, you know what? You never know what's going to go on. <laughs> Oive, remember, 
Remember, what did you find? We that always need anyway? a straight guy. Who's on first, Oyve? But now, where did you on... find that picture? You know what? I got sauces. And my now, one of the divas went everywhere. deep on Facebook. They're doing it to me too. They're trying to come up with all this embarrassing stuff. But I planned it all. You can't embarrass uh, me if it's on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's on, if it's on your Facebook or Instagram, you know, it just pops up on by yeah. my head over here. Spearhead Coffee people. Spearhead. Wake oh, up in God. the morning. Get a little www.spearheadcoffee.com. Mm. I left my coffee in the other room, and I'm like out of my mind right now. Oh, Look dude, you got to get it. I got to get it. They, part of the if show. You, if you go to the Central Coast of Pastor Robles, you got to try their coffee. Look at the, the art of the coffee and the heart. Look at that. Look how nice Beautiful. that looks. Show me it, the girl in the flannel. You love the flannel. I got to get some more pictures. Great I think you're great. It just makes me want to have a cup. Look at it. It's like the flannel is like inviting. It is inviting. The blueberry scone. It is inviting. The natural wood table. You would be good at the place, Michael, because I don't think they she, know about the flip. You could teach speed yeah, the, the, the flip. flip on the to go well, you would, orders. You would yeah, spill that one. Flip. Yeah, yeah. We could no, 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 but on the to goes with the tops. Oh. Really tops. quick, you know what? I'm going to bring out special guest host. You know, I was going to wait Please. for him. We got a special guest host here. Everybody, <laughs> one of my new henchmen, we got Jordan the Lion here. Jordan the Lion, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Stefan's henchman. I love it. I, You know what? It's Stefan, Stefan, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Did uh, we all not sit through the J.J. French interview and he talked about Eddie Trunk and Stefan kept there with a button lip? Uh, you sat you sat there and bit your tongue? You can't. You can't say anything about the Eddie Trunk is everywhere. It's like a, a garden gnome. Everywhere you look. Trunk Nation. What do, we mm -hmm. do, what do we do on this? You know, Jordan got me. He's like, look, I'm just trying to do my best, Jordan. Just trying to do my best. <laughs> well, <laughs> I say we let McVeigh go on this one because he fixed Thank his you. hair. As long as the hair is fixed, we're cool. I think, <laughs> I think, Jordan, where did Jordan go? I just, look, see, I, 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 I'll boot him too. No, that was an accident. Okay. <laughs> that was an accident. I'm trying. Jordan, you know who I got on the show today? Guess what? We're going to do, we got a hidden Same guy gem. I have on my show today. No, but I got a hidden gem. Oh, a friend of ours. Do you know he has a YouTube channel? Who? You, you don't know who Larry is? Larry Greenblatt? Everybody's getting famous from 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 me. All right, we got everybody. Everybody over here. But no, Larry Larry did a great job yesterday playing the music. We got to bring him back. For everybody that missed Melrose Larry Green, La he did, Larry Rachi. <laughs> he, he, he did an awesome job, but today um big, big uh, you guys like cooking? Do you guys like cooking and all that good stuff? Look at me, you know I like cooking. All right. Well, here's what we got going on. Jordan, read that, Jordan. Kids smoking in the backyard with Jeff Kidd. Proud there. sponsor of Coffee Talk. That's right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, hey, Jeff. Jeff Kidd. Hey, How Jeff. How's going? Good. What do you got on the grill, Jeff Kidd? Let's see this. Ooh, it looks like someone's arm. Yeah. What do we got, got some there? corn and some uh, portobello mushrooms, some hamburgers and onions. So. Jeff starting Kidd. out right today. That's nice, huh? Now, Jeff, are you seasoning the uh, burgers before they go on there? What's the trick over here, Jeff? Well, you, if you put them on frozen, mm -hmm. you wait till they fall out, and then you put your season on. The season don't fall off. All right, all right. You like, hey, Jordan, Jordan, you you like a little of that food over there, huh? I know that, right? Yeah, I have a question for Jeff. Yes. Has oh. he ever compared uh, cooking unfrozen meat to frozen meat and tried to see if there's a taste difference? There is a difference. When you're smoking it, there's a difference. The mm. colder the meat when you put it on, the more smoke it absorbs. Nice. So you get a lot more flavor when you put it on the grill that way. 
Okay. And how, how long now, now, let me ask you, Jeff, I, I have actually a question for you my, myself, Jeff. Um, they say when you're cooking like a steak or, you know, the meat, there's a, there's a trick Like you do a five minute, you turn it three minute, turn it. And then is it a one minute to get the perfect flavor on that? Well, when you're smoking it, you just turn it on and leave it. <clears throat> okay, when you smoke it, you turn it on and leave it. Okay, but when you're yeah. grilling, it's a different system. See, I don't right. know. I, I need higher to watch... heat. The higher yeah. heat will cook all the uh, flavor out of it, all the juice and fat out of it if you leave it on too hot. Now, Jeff, if I want to get these tips, where do we go to get these tips of cooking? What... Kids smoking in the backyard with Jeff Kidd. Right here, right? And these are some there of the recipes. Is. That's some of the stuff that you're doing over there. Correct, Jeff? Look at that. Correct. Huh? Now, I wanted now, to take a minute and show you that you can uh, you can uh -huh. get all kind of flavors for what you're cooking. You can get charcoal. Uh -huh. You can get applewood, oak, and hickory. So whatever now, your plan is, whatever you want to do, if you buy a wood pellet grill, you put the pellets in, turn it on, and let it go. Nice. You got a nice little system over there. You're real organized. Now, how about for the people like this? I know he wants to speak, so let me ask it right here. Uh, our reporter, Mr. Corey Leventon. And Corey, get him. Get him. Get, get him, him, Corey. Get him, Corey. <laughs> get, him. get him with the hard questions. No, I actually um, I actually miss the taste of barbecue. Uh, and so what I what I do is uh, there's this hickory smoke flavor in a bottle that I, that I have, and I just sprinkle it on tofu and veggies and all that stuff, and it, it tastes... I, I, you know, you're a sponsor. I don't want to step on you, but all I have to do is put it in the microwave, and it tastes like it's been out on the grill for for a, for an hour. Do you not you're want to grill at all? Oh, I I'm, I live in an apartment, so it's really oh, hard. Okay. He's a loser, Jeff. He's a loser. a loser. He's a loser. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about uh, him. Corey's a good guy. I'm a loser. <laughs> Corey's even, a good guy. Even though Evay's making fun of you. How about you? How about this guy? Do you have any barbecue questions? You look like you like some barbecuing, huh? Come on. Love barbecue. What do you like to eat? What would you, if you were at Jeff's house? He's what from would Texas. You, what would you? Yeah. You guys, you're from Texas. What do you like? What do you like? Ribs. Um, brisket. Yeah, kisket. You want kisket? You want Jeff to cook you some kisket? Yeah, yeah. See that? <laughs> some yeah. kisket. Jeff Kid. It looks really good, man. It looks good. So, yeah. what, what do you have? What, what's your like the big a good a good? How about a turkey? Tell me about a turkey. How do you smoke a turkey? Well, you know, a lot of people put turkey in the oven all day, mm. um, but if you uh, butterfly it like you do chicken, if you butterfly it and lay it out flat, all the skin will get crispy. It'll take probably half the time or a third of the time. Um, if you do it that way, so we learned that this year, we smoked a turkey. It turned out outstanding. So okay, that sounds good, Jeff. Okay, let's let's do this, Jeff. I how want you to you stick around. Smoking, uh, how long have you been smoking, Jeff? Smoking <laughs> in the backyard, yeah. Probably about a about a year, about a year. Yeah. A year, a year. How long have you been smoking, Jeff? That's what you're asking. You come on the show, you try to kill my show. Well, my, my second question is how long till Corey calls him the P word, but <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Jeff Kid in the house. Jeff, we go to YouTube, we go on there, we subscribe. Kid smoking in the backyard with Jeff Kid on YouTube. Check him out. Hey, he has good tips. And I just uh, want I'm to tell everybody thank you for the support. You guys are great, great show. Stefan's been great. All of you, Jordan. Everybody, thank you for the support. We're just getting started here, just like all of you started out at one point. And uh, I just want to tell you, I appreciate it, each and every we, one of you. Welcome. We, appre we appreciate you, you Jeff. Appreciate Kidd. you. Absolutely. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Jeff Kidd, we're going to hit that subscribe to Jeff. Jeff, stick around. 
we'll have a Q&A and we're going to get you over there. We're going to ask a couple of people to come around and uh, I'll go back inside questions. where the internet's better. Yeah, let's let's keep us posted. We're going to come back with you and see how the food's coming anyway. You start Absolutely. at the grill and we'll come check with you cuz Jordan's a little hungry, all right? We love you, Jeff. Thank you. All right, kids Appreciate it, guys. in the backyard. Perfect. Hey, Stefan, did yes. you lose any subscribers after Earl's appearance yesterday? Uh, you know what? I I <laughs> had walk a the room. It's, I'm glad you said that. I had to go on and um, beg for subscribers. Later. Damage control? Yeah. Right. Now we got something coming on right now, everybody. Check it out. <laughs> Corey Levinson. There it is. Dr. Get Gary. Get your helmet on, Corey. That's it. Dr. Gary, that's Jordan and the Lion next to you, our buddy. Who has a great, nice uh, to meet you. Has a great show called Days with Jordan uh, the Lion. And we got, you know, from Warrant, Mike Fasano. You got from all your day. You remember the guys, right? And, I do got, remember uh, the guys. Doc, I know all week you've been working, helping people get well. Can you help this guy? <laughs> <laughs> only, into, only if he starts barbecuing or grilling or, you know, smoking. <laughs> so, I mean, you, something. Something oh, right, you you guys have such a great relationship, you you and Corey. Uh, so I figured, you know what, it's your time together. Sometimes you guys love each other, sometimes you fight with each other. It's a relationship, it's a uh, relationship, Corey. Huh? Yeah, it's a really what do you want to talk with the doctor about? What's going on? Well, you, you know, the I know you want everybody wants to see us fight, but you know, like human <laughs> beings. <laughs> And we're getting, we're starting to like each other, and um, and we know the topic to avoid, which is which is uh, vaccination, um, you know, uh, resistance or whatever. Uh, so we don't we don't talk about it. So I don't know without like artificial engineering a fight how to because I like the guy and and I like a lot of uh, most of the things that uh, that he's been saying. He's, it seems like a really upstanding guy. If you if you want us to talk about vaccination and have me yell at him again, I will. But I don't think we want to do that. <laughs> who, who can you know, I do that? You know? That was a good statement, though, Corey, because because that's the way most people that hate each other right away or, or disagree right away end up going out. It's you find out that you actually would like each other. It's just you disagree on one thing that's getting in the way of it. Yeah, right. it's like a Facebook thing. It's really easy to yell at people and call them pricks on Facebook when all you see is their one stance on one issue. Right. And then and it's, it's about, obviously better radio to be in conflict, right? So that's that's how it sells today is is conflict and you know, I'm you know, happy to work on that angle if you want to, but you know, for the most part, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, we we don't agree on the vaccine thing, and we do agree on foreskins. I mean, you know, that's a good yeah. thing. Jeff Kittle barbecue some foreskins if you want. We'll go back and we'll see how that's <laughs> yeah. going over there. Yeah. What happens when you're grilling them versus actually smoking them? You know, yeah. uh, we should ask him. Smoking that's going to make his title extra long. Yeah, it'll make it yeah. extra long. So, Corey, yeah, go smoke, ahead. Smoke I know I do, have, yeah. I do have a question to ask the doc, and I do respect him on stuff beside vaccinations. And I, I mm -hmm. uh, being an being a, a hypochondriac, Stefan and I are both hypochondriacs, mm -hmm. uh, officially diagnosed. Um, so, my 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 question is: uh, so, coronavirus is supposed is supposed to be uh, like most people are supposed to be asymptomatic. So, how can you tell if you're asymptomatic? That that the whole point of being asymptomatic is you can't tell is right. there a way to tell well 
by definition, asymptomatic means no symptoms. Now, the majority of those people who are listed as asymptomatic probably have what they thought were colds or allergies or those types of things. So they actually had symptoms that they just didn't recognize as being the virus. And that's a large group of people who are quote unquote asymptomatic. But there does, you know, the, the, the statistics are dizzying. When the virus first came out, it was supposed to be only like 1% of people are asymptomatic. And then you look at other trials, I, you, the, up to 85% of people are asymptomatic. So the answer is somewhere between 1% of people to 85% of people don't know they have this virus, which is obviously the biggest danger. Uh, the models are right now is that asymptomatic people or people with mild symptoms who don't recognize it, um, probably are still only maybe say 50% as uh, contagious as the people who have big time symptoms, which means they're still quite contagious. So the people with symptoms probably spread it to two to three other people, um, whereas people who uh, don't have symptoms and don't know, know it uh, might only spread it to one or two other people, but that's still a huge population of people who are getting infected and they don't know. Um, and of course, the biggest issue is them going to and visiting people, say at a date, um, long-term care facility or a nursing home, and subsequently speaking while giving it to somebody who can't deal with the virus. And you know, and uh, you know, one of the things I think we can all agree with is that the majority of, the vast majority of us are gonna get this virus and we're gonna be just fine, okay? Um, the original number is one out of six people who get the virus are going to end up in the hospital. That's one out of six people who have symptoms. And again, the vast majority of people probably don't have symptoms. And so, uh, so it's really cool to understand that, you know, as we start to open up, because we are going to open up, and it is a smart thing just from a public health standpoint, because uh, the flattening the curve thing was really just about trying to prevent from overwhelming the, the hospital system. We've had like one death in our county. County. Um, and so therefore, each county should be making decisions based upon what's going on in their county, which I, I agree with that approach, even even compared to some of the statewide things. Now, that's what Sweden the, did. Sweden, Sweden had some, but as you know, Sweden, they they had they did less than some of their surrounding countries. And Sweden is doing a lot worse than the surrounding countries. And so, well, they, they uh, said that so they it's a modified a... version of things. We have to, you know, what are we supposed to do? Uh, you know, and as we open up the quote unquote economy, um, it's really about getting people to realize not living in fear is a really important thing. And you can wear a mask without being in fear, you know? You can wear the mask. The mask does not have to wear you. So uh, when you're trying to get across to people that wearing the mask is just a sign of public decency, you know, my, my basic thing is it's decency, right? We've agreed as a society we're going to wear these masks, whether it's actually right or not, as I'm comparing to wearing, women wearing shirts. I mean, for the most part, they're supposed to wear shirts in public. Is it oppressing their freedom to have, have them? Have, wear shirts? And the answer is you could say yes. However, we've agreed as a society that women will cover their nipples. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but with, <laughs> but that's Oy what vey. we've agreed upon. Um, and so, so be Man's very clear. Yeah. yeah. And so be very clear. Wearing the mask is about decency and respect for your fellow human. Um, that's why you know, when they use the term toxic mask ulinity, um, because the, the supposed leader of the country won't wear a mask, it's a horrible setup for the rest of the country uh, for pe making people think that it's somehow you're not manly yeah. enough if you're wearing a mask or something. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who think that's true. And so we should go back out into the workspace. We need 
complete public testing of everybody. We need to understand that we're all going to get infected eventually. Okay. The vast majority of us aren't even going to know it. Like back to your question, Corey, which is the majority of us won't know. We'll either have, we'll think it's some allergies. We'll think it was a cold. Um, and, or we just won't have symptoms by the way. Okay. Just meaning nothing. Our, our, our immune system fought it off in the background. Okay. And we didn't even know we had it. So, but we'll still be contagious. Are we headed into some strange society in which everybody with a risk factor is still sequestered and still hidden away and the only people who get to contribute are 20 and 30 year olds who are fine? I mean, we could hope. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Um, the, uh, no, not at all. I mean, even the mortality among the 80 and plus group is something like 9%. Okay, now that's a hefty mortality and 80 plus year olds, okay? Um, and so, but it's still not a virus that is prone to causing severe complications. So we know we have one side of the, you know, whatever the, uh, the left or the right or whatever, who's trying to sell, be afraid, be afraid, and we don't need that, okay? Um, and then we have another side selling it kind of as a hoax, and that's obviously not true either. And the truth is always in the middle, as I've always been saying. And so, no, uh, I do think that people who are, I, I my, especially my patients, they know about taking vitamin D, they know about melatonin, they know about probiotics, they know we've measured me uh, markers of insulin resistance, which is the biggest problem among young people, especially. And we have those things verified. I said, listen, even though you're 80, you're healthier than a lot of people who are 50, go out and, and do social distancing, wear the mask, but get out into the public. We need to have people with a social solidarity, as I'm trying to call it, as compared to social distancing. Um, and so so we can go out there and we can take care of each other uh, because we, we recognize we're in the same boat. Okay, that's the idea that, um, you know, the virus is, uh, it doesn't care what's color, creed, or anything we are. Um, but no, yes, people who are 40s, 50s. Now, if I'm a 75-year-old who doesn't take care of myself and I have insulin resistance, I should be doing being more cautious than the 25-year-old. Um, the 25-year-old should be cautious because they're protecting the 75-year-old. Um, and the, 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 the reason we know that and do the masks work 100% people? No, they do not. They do work a percent in terms of decreasing the amount of virus that an infected person will excrete to the other people. So, um, so no, it's about all of us getting out there. And of course, people at the highest risk, over 80, high insulin resistance, which means hypertension, obesity, diabetes, um, and uh, you know, people of color, they need to be taking vitamin D, um, but all of us need to be taking vitamin D. I know that follows up from our last thing. You do not get enough vitamin D from the sun. So everybody, please hear that. Go yeah. out in the sun. You don't get well, enough vitamin D from it. One, See, one more thing. There were a lot of people in, in New York, uh, I mean, not a lot, but, but more than everybody was expecting in their 20s and 30s who had no underlying health issues who actually got infected. One of the guys was a, an actor who had to have his leg amputated. There was a big story about that. Are they getting any closer to find out what the risk factor is that they don't know about, like a, a certain blood type or something else? Well, I think, you know, great question, Corey. Uh, and or I could insult you right now, either one, but it was a good question. Um, so, uh, insult him, but, insult him. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, everybody's heard me say eventually, align yourself with those seeking the truth and avoid those who found it, okay? So where did this virus come from? I wanna be under have you guys understand, I've read research from Pasteur Institute to Cornell to Caltech. I'm not sure where this virus um, comes from. 
And by the way, everybody, the DK2 combo is very thing to, uh, smart thing to do. Dealing with high insulin, very hard, smart uh, thing to do. So I love those comments out there. Um, you know, so uh, the there the the issue kind of goes into this these ACE receptors, and almost everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody who were young and had the complications actually did have insulin resistance as their underlying risk factor. And the and this ACE2 receptor, which is primarily in the lung, the the respiratory epithelium, blah blah blah, lung tissue, um, is also present in the kidneys, which is why we're seeing the kidney failures. It's also present without the the endothelium, which is the lining of the blood vessels, which is why we're seeing the vascular complications. And so, um, and so, so on that order, and we'll deal with the masking in just a second. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty sure it's this ACE2 hyperexpression, and that's uh, angiotensin converting enzyme expression, which is increased in insulin resistant people. Early on, when I was telling all my patients, we've switched them off of medicines called ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers because they further upregulate those receptor sites, which increase the toxicity of the virus, meaning allowing it to go to different places. But, but Corey's right. There are other factors, like why do men have more severe disease um, than women do? And we actually don't quite know. And so, so many of those vascular complications are happening even in young men. And I agree. I'm not... I, no, we don't quite understand. There's a lot of theories, of course, but low vitamin D, low melatonin levels are kind of the, the terrain things is, you know, we keep talking about build a healthy terrain organism, I'm sorry, you, and the organism doesn't matter as much. And then in terms of answering the question about why a mask is, yes, we're supposed to be social distancing, hand washing after we see things, but the mask is actually very important for respiratory because a lot of people out there are actually coughing and spreading the virus without knowing it. Um, the mask dramatically decreases the transmission of that. So, um, and- Then why aren't gloves mandatory? Um, you're touching it, everything. You're touching mail, you're touching money, you're touching door handles. You're, I mean- Great question. And the answer is that that's why you're supposed to minimizing hand to face as far as that goes. Okay. Um, and also as far as that goes, and that's washing hands afterwards. Those, and again, I, I have my issues with the CDC as everybody seems, knows, but um, but they're putting out, even though the virus does live, the the ability to con, um, do contact transmission seems to be not as big a deal as we first thought. Okay. Right. So, so subsequently speaking, you know, do I tell people, heck, I mean, you know, public restroom, I bring a towel with me anyways, because touching a handle of people yeah. at a public restroom is not something I would personally like to do long before this freaking virus. OK, um, so so and, and hypochondriacs must feel the same way. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, so uh, do we have a lot of uh, disease transmission at restaurants and other things? And I'm talking about parasites and other things because of hand contact. So uh, do we need to wear gloves? No, I think uh, the best thing is to prevent the transmission to go landing on things. That's the mass part of things and then washing afterwards, okay? Because otherwise wearing the gloves, um, it's taking them on and off in certain situations. It becomes less practical. Some people are wearing gloves. Uh, you know, it kind of goes into this, uh, essentially how paranoid are we willing to be? We're paranoid. You got a paranoid bunch here, doctor. One more question before we get going here. Uh, Stefan, I got a question for the doc. I've been eating 
a lot of fresh fruit lately. Why does fresh <laughs> pineapple speed up the processes? If you know well, what speed I mean. up the processes, but I'm thumb. I'm assuming he's talking about bowel movements here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of processes going on in the body, but I'm assuming he's talking about that one. You know, the use of uh, natural fruits with actually natural enzyme activity, uh, bromelain found in uh, pineapple, can improve digestion and actually can improve bowel frequency. That's the most likely reason, by the way. That, um, that it, you know, huh? and so so yes, uh, lots. Everybody knows uh, there's epidemiologically speaking, eating lots of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables are extraordinarily healthy. And it's not about just pineapples or just berries or just greens. All of them provide the nutrients that a human organism is looking for. So that's, and that's by the way, why I recommend more of a paleo diet versus the carnivores and the ketos is that it, those things cut down on the, the, uh, the fruit and vegetable. And there's just, intake and that's there's just too many studies indicating that's a smart thing to do see that Corey? all right everybody wash your hands after you do your bowel movements wash your hands when you touch a doorknob we learned today right. just wash your hands doctor yeah. thank you for being here stick around doctor We'll probably have okay. some more questions for you. The wonderful right. doctor. Give him a round of applause, everybody. Come on. Yeah, Come I don't on. need applause. Come on, doctor. Come on. No, no, no. Doctor, you I'm happy to that? answer questions to you guys. Uh, I'll be here, uh, you know, doing some work. Uh, get, get me if you need me. You got it, everybody. Corey, huh? You feel good. You and the doctor are doing really well together, you guys. You guys are a nice, nice bunch over there. All right, let's move on the show. You guys ready for this guy? You ready, huh? Like, yeah. Look at that. Jordan's ready. Corey's ready. Mike's texting. Mike's texting to see if the gardeners in the front of the house. And Oive, I'm sure you probably have a lunchbox you want to get autographed. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring I him do. over here. Get ready <laughs> for our next guest right here. Um, you know what? Why don't you introduce him, Jordan, the line? Come on. All righty. Jordan, you want to do the intro for him? Want to read, say who's coming up? You wanted the best. You got the best. The yeah. hottest child actor in the world of horror comedy. That didn't sound right, but Butch Patrick. Go with it. Eddie Munster. <laughs> that, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I've been unmanned. Glad you got him on the show. I am yeah, he just hung up, didn't he? <laughs> How are you? How are you doing today, my friend? How are you I doing? Like say, listen, we're out of donuts in the green room. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. We're, we are <laughs> going to take. We're going to take it. Hey, Butch, what, what do you? What coffee you got there? What are you drinking today, my friend? Deadly grounds. Uh, Let me see. Nice. That. Hold that. Hold that right in the cup. Deadly ground. So tell nice. me about that dark and a deadly roast. Yes, oh. it's not it's not my particular roast because I ran out and I haven't been out to get any more because I've been uh locked in lockdown for 70 some odd days. But yes, they do have a whole line of great roasts, including my Dragula Dark. Really? So so what what is the what what is your favorite roast? What do you like? I like mine. I like my Dragula Dark roast, but they've got a whole I think they've got 13 different roasts. They're all very good. Excellent. No, really, okay, because I'm a I'm a big coffee guy myself, and actually that's why the name Coffee Talk and all that. So, um, how many cups of coffee you drink a day? Would you say? Me? Yeah, I have two in the morning. That's it. That's it, huh? You have a good coffee machine? Yeah, yeah. My my sister's got a gourmet machine here, and uh, but yeah, uh, I do. That's uh, it's my it's my only thing. I've been uh, clean and sober now uh, nine and a half years, so this is my only vice. Oh, good congratulations. Job. Congrats. Congratulations. Good job on that one. Yeah, I'm a big, I have a Prevel, so I'm always doing espresso, and then I'll 
fill it up a cup, but I'm out of my mind with coffee. That's why I'm so hyper. And that's what you don't want. You don't, you don't want a Jewish guy on caffeine. He gets out of control. You know, I'm, <laughs> I get real out of control. I mean, but it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. There's so much that we want to tap on. Do you have five days to hang with us? <laughs> yeah, okay, perfect. Then great, then great. Then we're we're gonna be rocking and rolling. You know what? I have. So I was watching what you got because you got a, a lot of stuff going on, and I put all the links for Butch. We have it in the description. So everybody watching, I know there's gonna be a lot of questions, a lot of fans. I feel like personally, Butch, I like you're my brother, even though you don't know me. Growing up watching you, I used to cut out from. I used to cut out from school, hide in the closet. My mom. I would cut out from school, walk to the park peeked on my mom went to work walked back to the house i watched the monsters so thank you for the education <laughs> you know, the... it's very funny that um television in itself the tv set and the 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 longevity and how big of an impact it's had on society is one thing and then on top of that you add in the 60s as the sort of a transitional decade from basically black and white to mm -hmm. color and what really happened was, though, in the late 50s and the early 60s, they say that's kind of the golden age of television. Well, what those early, early shows were, were basically radio shows that just happened to be broadcast that you could see. But in the 60s, it's when the sitcom structured uh, comedy came into play. And a lot of um, great comedy writers, uh, they migrated to, to California to do these shows. And that's where shows like Mr. Ed and My Favorite Martian and The Munsters and I Dream of Genie and all these non-bewitched, non-related um, uh, reality shows took hold and people came home from a hard day of work, hard day's work, and all they really wanted to do was laugh and be entertained um, in a fun family and manner. And there was only three channels. It was the focal point of the household for entertainment. And that's why shows like The Munsters have such staying power because they bring back fond memories. You were an extended member of the family. People remember you as such, and they uh, they feel they know you. Yeah, no, we definitely did, Jordan. And Jordan, you, I, you could contest to that one, huh, Jordan? Oh, big time. I mean, yeah, that's that's basically what's getting everybody by right now with all this is just great entertainment. People don't realize, I don't think they realize how big of a part in their lives entertainment plays. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, uh, I've been very lucky that I've uh, been able to tour the country extensively for the last 30 some odd years and, and had a chance to meet and greet people. And, you know, I always tell myself I was I was never really an, an actor, per se. I happened to live in, in, in Inglewood, California and Gardena, and I, I was near the studio process and I accidentally stumbled into it. But I was just always a regular kid who uh, preferred skateboards and mini bikes and Little League. And uh, but I could read a script and remember the lines and take direction. So it worked out well that I could enter the business as a temporary way to make money to buy my race car when I got older was was my plan. Yeah, that was your plan. That's let cool. Me, let me ask you a question. So when, when you were a kid, right, did, did you yeah. know you knew you wanted to be an actor? Did, did you watch The Little Rascals like for influence? Like what what influenced you? Or who yeah, how did you, you get get your first audition doing that stuff? Uh, what happened was, is I, uh, my little sister, uh, they were interested in taking some photos of her for some print modeling. There was an agent called Mary Grady who had just left a, uh, a typical agency and was going to open up a child only actors agency. And uh, her son was Robbie on my three sons. Her na his name was Don Grady. Yeah. So yeah. Mary Grady uh, opened up this agency. I was really her first, probably her first uh, active client other than her son. But uh, they took some pictures of my sister. And after they were done with that shoot, the gentleman, Amos Carr, who was a very famous uh, photographer, especially for kids in Hollywood, said, I like his look. Do you mind if I take a couple pictures of Butch? And he put the picture in his window on Hollywood Boulevard. 
and the producer and the director were walking by casting a movie, a little B-rated movie called The Two Little Bears, and that happened to star Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt and Soupy Sales and uh, Brenda Lee and Nancy Culp. So it was a great little B-movie that I got the part. And they said, well, you got to start somewhere. And they, they liked me, and they uh, sort of showed me the ropes. And after six weeks during that filming, I had picked up General Hospital, and I picked up a Kellogg's Corn Flakes commercial. So um, you had a movie, a series, and a commercial, so you were on your way. Wow. 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 That, that's Very pretty cool. That's, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Corey, I know you got some questions because you're, you're a big I fan do, but I'm noticing that Butch seems to have a cold. Maybe he wants to see the doctor. Are you, what, 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 what do you mean he has a cold? He sounds like he has, really? a, he sounds like he's congested. There he goes again. Butch, this guy used to, you used to read Circus <laughs> Magazine, Butch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He used to write for Circus Magazine, and he doesn't know how to conduct the right interview. He got fired from Circus <laughs> Magazine. So this is Corey Levinson. Me and him oh, used to. Corey, work. I yeah. see you. Yeah, you, you trust me. Trust me. If you watch some episodes, you, you won't want to see him very much. Look at the guy. He, he look at you. you. You know, you remind me of Corey Zombo. Zombo. I, I can. That's, that's, <laughs> Zombo. That's my favorite episode of the months. I, I couldn't get enough of that when you exposed Zombo. That was the best one. I'm going to expose you. That was good. Hey, Stefan. Yeah. Can we tell the story about how Butch, how this kind of all happened, how Butch ended up on here? You know what? I, I've been stalking Butch. I wanted to get you on there. I wrote to somebody on Facebook and nobody wrote me back. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I thought I'm cool. I, it's like, nobody's writing me back. Then Jordan goes, well, I could do, you know, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I, I actually to... ran into Butch this past weekend. I was out vlogging his sister's mm -hmm. house. Oh, and, yeah, sure, yeah, and, yeah. and his sister comes outside while I'm doing it. And she goes, oh, do you know Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster? He's my brother. He's inside. Do you want him to come out and and be in your video? And I happen to be moving. Yeah, I'm getting ready to move. I had just signed right a there. lease for my new apartment the next day or the day before. Mm -hmm. And I was there vlogging it. And his sister comes out and says, I have a business. I want to give you one of my keys. And I go, how crazy is that that I'm getting? I just signed a lease, and she gave me a key of Wolf Wolf to Let me see that. Hold that up there. Key. That is oh, awesome. That's the Wolf Wolf key, yeah. That is awesome. And he's also Wolf signed Wolf. on the back. If you look on his coat, on his butt. Let's see that on the back. You can see the signature engraved on, the, on his on his the tail of the coat. That is cool. I got to get one of those. I have to get one of those keys to my castle. And I started looking at your sisters. Now, here's the crazy. So you told me you, you met Butch. I was trying to get in touch with Butch. And you know, out of all of us, you know who got in contact, got his phone number? Who? You know who did? The Larry media. Greenblatt. No, this guy. This guy, this guy right there. I'm like, how awesome. the hell? Awesome, McVay. The, the, my, my, you know, and I can never remember his. I, I that's why he's Oive, crazy kiss fan, because I can never <laughs> know his name. But out of all of us, so thank you, Michael Oive. Yeah, you did a great job, and now we made a friend. The key to my castle dot com. I was checking keys, plural. keys, just, keys. Just keys, keys to my castle. Keys to my castle dot com. I was yeah. checking the site out. Tell us about the keys. Uh. Well, uh, my when when uh, we were younger, my sister and myself would spend a lot of time with my grandmother in the Midwest. Um, Michelle mostly, more so than me, but she was always enamored when Grandma would go to estate sales and look, go antiquing. That there would be these big boxes of old skeleton keys, and in the old days, pe the keys were very ornate and very carved and you know personalized. And she thought, isn't isn't it kind of sad that they've lost that feel with with this cookie cutter, just generic, ugly keys that people have on their key ring? So she uh, decided to um, to try to remedy that issue by making these artistic and personalized keys for their everyone's castle, and that's how the company started. 
yeah show you have a couple of keys there can you hold a couple of those up yeah me? yeah yeah here's one that's this is like this for you know for rock and roll you got your skull awesome. uh you got guitars you've got spot over the house but, but all those spot didn't have wings we'll use this yeah. the game of thrones the game Love of thrones one. and uh you got this one that i showed earlier with some with some crystals and stuff i love that one the crown over there can i see yeah. the back of that too let me see you bet. oh that looks Same. great look at the detail on that and yeah it it's like, really neat. is that ruby no there's Sikorsky crystals okay now oh, that looks beautiful man so go anybody want to check that out you go to keys to right here at the bottom keys to my castle.com right there at the bottom that looks great and jordan you you actually were very lucky to see now i watched today is a big one because jordan has is a vlog and today's the premiere of the vlog on your channel of of that that you could see the keys and her house because she has little details in the house almost like nitwit ridge it reminded me a little bit yeah totally totally but, she's got oh, thousands of shells hundreds of keys incorporated into the construction of her house it's amazing and all the wow. shells yeah it, it looked pretty butch there's a place in central coast california but it's the guy uh, it's called in cambria it's nitwit ridge have you heard it's a, the house is made out of uh beer plates and plates to toilets it's pretty wild and cambria they were gonna actually it's a landmark but i think they wanted to get rid of it wow. for some reason but the guy used to take the junk from the hearse castle he was what's the story jordan was he building well, yeah yeah he, well he would he would go steal like stuff from construction sites at night or he would find broken dishes or whatever places and then he used it to, to make art out of, into his house and so yeah. his house is constructed out of like mosaics of all this stuff so and it was an eccentric guy and then somebody bought the house he passed away it was, it's a pretty wild story about it but then when i saw the little keys and the stuff in your sister i was like there's a very interesting it's pretty famous down here you probably heard of the watts towers oh yeah yeah the, the gentleman absolutely yeah, yeah really really interesting along that same line of just taking what he could find and uh constructing this this very very famous landmark yeah no it, it's wild let me let me ask and i corey corey and i both i have wanted, i have, yeah. have an idea jordan yeah. and me did a sort of tag team question thing yesterday okay. i don't jordan do, do you have as many uh into the hearing corey. i i do i actually have one big question i was wanting to talk to butch about yes, I, jordan. I recently found out about the whole story of your stepdad and how yeah. he ended up on the show and what he the big play, part that he played in your life growing up yeah, uh, when I was about nine years old, my mom uh, dated and married a gentleman named Ken Hunt, who was a professional baseball player, who at that time was with the uh, the new Upstart Angels. I think it was 1962. Uh, mm -hmm. He come to California in 1961 in the expansion, but he was a Yankee. He came up to the uh, the American Legion League in North Dakota with a a young guy named Roger Maris. They were high school buddies. They were in different schools. They were competitors, but they were friends, uh, both from Fargo, Grand Forks area. And um, Kenny and Roger both went to the Yankee organization. And during the expansion, you couldn't protect all your players. So they protected Mickey Mantle. They protected Roger. And Kenny was the second uh, pick of the Angels after Jim Fergosi. So they had Fergosi as the infield captain, and they had Kenny as the outfielder center fielder and he uh was a great pro pro he was a great ball player unfortunately he suffered a dislocated shoulder in his third season which he never really recovered from so his throwing arm which was his strength defensively in center field was taken away from him and they moved him to first base tried to keep him in the lineup but it just didn't work out but i had a great time because i got to go to the ballpark when i wasn't working in the studio uh he became the catcher in the episode with leo derocher when herman munster tries out for the dodgers Kenny was a real handsome guy, very likable. Everybody loved him. And um, 
So yeah, it was funny that I got to uh, I got to go to the ballpark and I got to go to the studio. I had a very blessed a blessed childhood for sure. That's, yeah, that's so pretty, cool. That is pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, we you know um we had the demon on our show, Dale Torborg, and 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 he um his dad was a a, a baseball uh, worked for the the Yankees. Everybody who was it was in. Big, yeah. big time, big time baseball play. And Jordan, that was a fun show. Corey, can you want to ask uh, a question? Well, I, he, Butch can't hear me. Can you hear him, Butch? Or no? You're not no, missing anything, Butch. I see him. Yeah, he can't <laughs> hear. Well, Corey, what did you want to ask? I'm going to tell Butch for you. What do you want to ask him? Jordan, t you speak for Corey. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> did he ever hear from Happy Derman, who was the, the, the kid who was cast in the pilot? You're an idiot, I can't. I can't do. It. That's know, a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> he wants to know if you have any, if you have any relationship with Happy Derman, who you replaced. Any beef? Any beef? No, that's what he wants it's to funny. Say. Nate, 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 Happy Derman. Now, it's funny about that because what happened? Uh, I don't. I wasn't there. Obviously, I was brought in because they they made the pilot. The pilot was accepted. The network viewed the the pilot and said. Everything's good, except we're not happy with Joan Marshall, uh, who was the mom, who was Phoebe, her character name, because her long black hair was very similar to Morticia. So they went away from that. Yvonne DiCarlo was a big movie star name. So I think mm -hmm. they went with the name recognition and they went with a lighter gown and drape uh, Lily Munster with different hair. But Happy Derman, um, the way he was playing Eddie... They, you know, whether they told him to do that or whether that's how he interpreted it, it was more of a uh, an angry, growling, rabid little little werewolfy kid, yeah. and uh, angry would be a good word, not happy. So they uh, they decided to go another direction, and they they flew me out for a screen test with Yvonne Carlo, and they hired me. The funny thing is about Nate Happy is I'll see uh, pick, people that collect a lot of monster stuff will send me a picture of their new acquisition, and if they ever get a Nate. Happy Derman autograph. It always says the original Eddie on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not the original one on television. <laughs> you, you, you know, I was looking because the makeup. Cause I, I was always wondering, was that Butch? You know, without the make, because the makeup looked different. I couldn't tell. You know, little kids and the makeup yeah. could throw you up. And I go, that's such a sinister, like Eddie Munster. It's like then when I realized it wasn't Butch, I go. I go, it's perfect. The guy didn't get the TV show. He probably became a serial killer because he's so angry about it. You know, <laughs> like what happened to this guy? You know, he, he looked, was the Pete best of the month. He's like on a shelf yeah. over there. He's like on a shelf. If you look, he's like, <clears throat> like he's truly, he, you know, and it's, and it's funny because I'm sure that that's what they wanted him to do. And yeah. unfortunately what the director wanted him to do for that, the networks didn't want. And he sort of unfortunately got caught in the crossfire and got bumped, which was good for him. Well, but actually we both were lucky because Bill Moomy is who they really wanted. And he oh, wow. him. really, really? Oh yeah. Wow. Bill, Bill's mom vetoed it because of the makeup issues. And then it worked out well for me and it worked out well for him because he went to lost in space and mm -hmm. I did the monsters and we're still, we're, we're good buddies. We're like, we're like really good friends. Very oh, cool. Wow. Bush, what was the, was it a happy set? Because I had heard that like Fred, Al, and and Yvonne were all very, you know, um, particular people as far as actors, and they they all had their input. Was it easy to get along? Yeah. Oh, there were the, the first couple weeks, and this is you got to remember. I'm a kid. I'm in the schoolroom. I'm not really on the front lines watching it. But as I understand it, the deal was is Fred and Al thought that Yvonne DiCarlo was a bad choice because there was a comedy show and she was not a comedic actress. Okay, 
even though she had done uh, McClintock and it was kind of lighthearted and funny and this and that. But once they saw her talent and how she pulled it off, they knew it had been a good decision. And she dropped the star demands and they stopped bugging her and teasing her and everybody kissed and made up and uh, went on. And it, it basically became a really good, warm uh, place to be. It, it really switched, they switched Maryland's from Beverly Owen to Pat Priest. Why did that did. happen? Beverly Owen was the original Marilyn for 13 episodes. She was living in New York in love with the guy uh, who was a producer on Captain Kangaroo. And her agent told her, go to El go to the coast for a week. This is a show. You can do the pilot for the paycheck. It's never going to get picked up. I guarantee you this will never see the light of day. She went out for the week. show got picked up. She got stranded in, in California with a, with a contract that she couldn't break. And, um, she she was miserable. She was unhappy. She was just she was very very down down in the dumps, living with Fred and his wife. So Fred and Al went to the producers and they said, you know, this is really un um, this is like harsh and unusual punishment for this woman. You need to let her go home. And they go, hell no, this is she's a, she's an integral part of the show, a key part of the show. No. And they said, well, if you don't let her go home, we'll quit, and you will have no show whatsoever. So there's your choice: wow. let her go or we go home. And uh, they they went to bat for her and they let her out. And made it very difficult for her to work again. But uh, Pat Priest stepped into the part and did a very good job. And a lot of people, a lot of people aren't even aware there was a switch. You know, I have a very important question to ask you, Butch. Who, yep. who would have won in a fight between you and Pugsley? As long <laughs> as I could keep my distance and he couldn't get me into a clinch, I'd be okay. Pugsley. You got to wait. Yeah. Butch, do you? I had, I had heard that it was pretty like miserable for Fred in the costume, that it was extremely hot and everything. Do you think with the, the kind of modern ways of doing special effects now that maybe he would have stuck it out doing more seasons or was he done after two? The biggest difference in the heat factor and the Fred's situation was the old lights generated a ton of heat. The, you know, the, the juniors mm -hmm. and the seniors and stuff inside the soundstage bearing down on us. They were hot, no doubt about it. The saving grace was he was only in makeup three days a week. So we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to recover. The reason the show went off the air was actually a, a, a combination of three things. Number one, the ratings were suffering. Batman was doing a number on us, but they could have probably moved us to another day another day if they really wanted to, to, to give it a third season. Fred and Al were basically New Yorkers who were ready to go home. Yeah. And there was a cost factor of who was going to pay for the color version of the show, the network or the, the uh, Joe Colley and Bob Mosier who would produce the show who are the Leave it to Beaver guys. So they had money. The network had money. They were arguing about that. They were arguing. The, the ratings were suffering and Fred and Al from New York. And the bottom line was, I think it was just because Fred and Al wanted to go home. I do, myself. I think they yeah. were just, you know, enough's enough. We ran it. It's not as good as it was. It's on a downhill slide. Let's not try to resurrect it. And the solution was, let's do the movie in color and introduce the rest of the world to Munsters Go Home and then they can sell the syndication package. Yeah. I remember seeing I remember seeing Al Lewis. He had the restaurant in the village yep. when I was living in New York. And he, and, that would have been was, cool. He was there. You know who the owned time. that restaurant? Who? John Gotti. Really? Whoa! Really? John yeah. Gotti. It was in, the, it was in <laughs> yeah, was, Italy and he stood out front. Al was the host and they gave him a place to hold court and they paid him, but it was uh it was a mob restaurant. That wow. is funny, Butch. Now you know what? Because 
This is about, and I'll tell you when, we were working at Circus Magazine, so this is around, when did Guns N' Roses play the Ritz around that time? 88. My, okay, my, yeah, 88. my friend, my friend Agatha made Axel that led, that led the chap, so me and Agatha, she made me leather pants, so she was friends, um, Agatha Leather, she was friends with Al Lewis, so she goes, let's go to Grandpa, so he all the time sit outside we went there and he was the nicest guy and in yeah. my head i'm over here i can't believe i'm talking with al lewis because al lewis is a legend you know and he was the nicest guy in the world sitting outside I'm there. i could that laugh exactly we were sitting outside right in front of the restaurant yeah i mean new york city a combination of several things between his well you know he was on car 54 so he started in new yeah. york in the monsters he was a big guy he was six foot three so when he walked down the street he was a pretty good, pretty good presence, and his character—he was always in a, a hat, and he always had a cigar, and you know, crazy jewelry on, and mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. sideburns sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> but, the main, but the main thing was—is um, between the restaurant, but his his connection with Howard Stern. He was mm -hmm. always on Howard, outspoken. Yeah. He was a member of the Green Party, uh, so he was always on the ballot, and he was always arguing to be on the ballot as Grandpa Al Lewis yeah. uh, instead of just Al Lewis. So he was always in the he was always in the forefront. But when I would walk down the street with him, I mean, literally, he was a New York um, landmark. It was like yeah. people the the horns and the hey, Grandpa, love you. Hey. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, You're right. He, he, he was always at some uh, adult adult uh, you know miss miss nude world or whatever was going on. <laughs> yeah. He, he, you're totally right, Butch. He was, he was like almost the, the mayor of the village. Did he, did he live? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was. He, he was, was there every day. He, he, he must he have lived out there close to the restaurant because he was. He was an day. extremely cool guy, and I was really lucky to have a lifelong friendship with him. And he was like my mentor. And you know, yeah. he would, he would, cool. he would talk down to me even when I was like 40 years old. Hey, Butch, yeah, yeah, get over here, get over here. And it's like, Al, I'm not <laughs> because your eyes gonna be 10 years old to me. Yeah. Oh, that's that. That is great. So the relationship that you guys had on the show, like it was pretty much almost like the real relationship in real life, huh? But you yeah, guys. we reconnected in uh, 1980. We the, the show stopped. Everybody went their own way, and then when they were doing the Revenge of the Monsters, uh, the Monsters Revenge, excuse me, they were out in Marina del Rey, and a friend of mine saw them filming across the street, called me, and he goes, "Hey, the Monsters are across the street," and I go, "You know, I would know that." And he goes, "I'm telling you, they're across the street." So I drove down there, and, and I just walked up on the set and surprised them. Then we reconnected, and at that time I had Eddie and the Monsters, and I was all over the country, and I needed him to help me out at a uh, at a uh, party at the Palladium to introduce the band, and he agreed. And from that point on, we uh, we were we were palling around again. That's pretty cool. That's, That's cool. pretty. Cool. I'm still blown away that John got. I didn't know John Gotti uh, owned. That. I remember around the era too when when the whole Sparks restaurant the hit went on on that situation. Paul Castellano. Yeah, I remember. Well, I would I, call up. I'd call up and ask for Alan. It would be Mikey or Tony. He'd go, "Hey, Butch, uh, you know Alan. He don't remember so good. You want a table? You talk to me. Uh, yeah, I'll take care of you." <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> the, that, that's, the food was great. The food it was good. Yeah, it Reno's was great stuff. Yeah, it, it was really good. Now, but you did. Did you live in yeah. New York? In New York City ever? Have I ever lived there? Yeah. Have you lived in New York? No, I have. I had a key to a, a friend of mine lives in uh, in Manhattan by 23rd and 8th. And I had a key to his place. And he used to actually be the, uh, when he was 17 years old, he was the uh, the doorman, the guy that would let the people who was going to come in and not come into Studio 54. The guy's yeah. name is Stephen Z. Stephen Z. Wow. That name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, Stephen he is Z. a New York staple. He's been in the club business since uh, Studio 54. Good friend of mine. And uh, Michael Carbonero, who does the Big Apple Con, is yeah. a friend of his. He's Mr. Flamboyant, uh, the comic book 
God. He knows everybody who knows anything. I've been very lucky. When I go to New York, I know a lot of people, so I have the best of both worlds. I don't really live there, but when I visit, I feel like a local, and I'm treated well. Uh, it, 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 you know, New York is a, is a great town. I mean, Corey and I are from there. We, it was it was a fun. It's different now, of course. Yeah. Every the restaurants have all changed, but you know the the food was the best over here. We had uh, there was a question over here, and I just passed it by. Uh, uh, where's oh Wendy? Gwent, question for Butch. Uh, how how long did it take for the makeup? Oh, hey Wendy. Uh, yes, I was an hour. Fred Gwynn was two hours, and everybody else was in between. Yeah, except Marilyn. Yeah. She was easy. She just came in and did about 20 minutes and put on her skirt and was 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 down there in no time she was she, she didn't need much now she the was first Marilyn was a brunette beverly it took her quite a while to get into that wig because it was a really really, good wig. really? she so she was oh wow so they didn't she didn't die no, right yeah. after the show that was all wow that's yeah. that's something um thanks wendy let, 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 yvonne could have played Marilyn. yvonne was was gorgeous enough to do so yeah but Marilyn was a teenager yeah oh, right. yeah well how old was yvonne around that time when she, she was, was in her early 40s Early wow, I'm 52. See? You had a sweet, you had a sweet relationship afterward when she became like a recluse. Can you yeah, found with, her with Yvonne? I I knew her son uh, Bruce, and uh, we would visit Yvonne occasionally. And then she moved up to Napoma, and a woman had contacted me who had bought some stuff and and wanted to know about Yvonne. And I and I took it upon myself to go up and visit her. And then when I saw that she was kind of lonely by herself and living with her dogs, I put her in touch with a gentleman named Kevin Burns, who is like the world's biggest monster collector. And he's a powerful player in Hollywood. And he then, after he met her, he made sure she was taken care of and would send her care packages of movies to watch and, and you know, and, and memorabilia of her early days and something to make to keep her in her mind that she wasn't forgotten. Because she was up there by herself, so yeah. And then at the end of her years, he did make sure that he that she got into the motion picture home where she was really well taken care of. Oh wow, really? wow, That's wow! Cool. She 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 had some story, you know. She's a starly. I mean, she was so beautiful too. She yeah. dated in her heyday. It was very funny. The Shah of Iran wanted to marry her real bad, but there was an East versus West culture clash. She dated Howard Hughes, and then again, who yeah. didn't in that day? Yeah, um, Prince Prince Farouk. Ali Khan, she was like an international, back in the day, she was considered to be one of the world's most beautiful women. I mean, really, she was yeah. right, up, right up there with, with the Betty Grables and, yeah. and the uh, and a lot of Turners and all the major, major stars of Hollywood. In the heyday of Hollywood, Yvonne was at the forefront. She was, she was, she was probably one of the top 10 stars of her, of her day. Oh, hands Ste down. Stefan, you, you know my story of like when I knew Shelly Winters, she used to tell me this, her favorite okay. story was like, when her and Yvonne DiCarlo double dated with Clark Gable and Errol Flynn, and they had to go into the bathroom and decide who was going to be with who. And Yvonne said, <laughs> Yvonne, Yvonne said, like you, the story. you, you, you go, go ahead and be with Errol because uh, Clark just uses all the women. And she said, I found out later, Yvonne just wanted to be with Clark that night. <laughs> so she told me to go with Errol. That is a funny story. I mean, I mean, so she did wish, wait, so Yvonne, was she, when she was doing the Munsters, was she married at the time? The, yeah, she was actually married to Bob Morgan. Uh, okay. Bob was a stuntman who uh, unfortunately suffered a really bad accident in how the West was won. A train ran him over. Okay. And the, the caboose was a couple inches lower than the rest of the train, and it caught him and drug him down the tracks. And he was disfigured, and he had a wow. bad leg. And he uh, that's kind of why she did the Munsters is because she needed the money. They, they, she went back into television long before movie stars did television. It wasn't, it wasn't the norm back then. So she went to work on the Munsters and never thinking that that would be her basically most famous role. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's, that's crazy. Pretty, 
That's I mean, the Ten Commandments. And that's this, saying something for someone in Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments to the Munsters, you know, a lot of people consider that a step down, and she turned it around uh -huh. and made it a step up. Yeah. Butch, I know you travel around a lot with the Munsters coach. Was Has being Eddie Munster or being known as Eddie Munster, has it, would you say has it been a blessing or a curse for your life as far as what you would have maybe been turned away from because you were that character? Never, uh, you know, they, they, a lot of times you get, uh, someone will interview you and say, type, you feel you're a typecast. And, you know, yes, that would have been the case had I been walking around carrying a Wolf Wolf doll in short milk shorts going over <laughs> to studios attempting to work. So, no, that was, a, that was a role. It was in my past. I continued to work till I was 21 regularly. I didn't want to continue working. I just, I had a plan. And my idea, that when I turned 18, I'm going to the drag strips. I'm hanging around with all the drag racers, and my plan was to become a, a funny car driver, or at least a funny car owner. Uh, that didn't quite play out because of the cost factor. It was a lot. It was a lot more expensive at the time than I thought. And I was the last. I was in the last lottery of the Vietnam War for the draft, and I had a really low number. And I thought for sure I was going to go over to Vietnam, and there was a very good chance I wouldn't be coming back. So I took my money for my race car and went and uh, went and went and partied, and. Uh, wow. Then I found out when I went up to the induction, um, uh, when you, when you, when the, the, the induction, what am I talking, what am I looking for? The, uh, the medical, the, uh, the, the medical inspection, the, uh, examination, they found out that I had a bad knee from a skiing accident. So I was, uh, classified one H, which means we'll call you in six months. Uh, and in six months they didn't call and I didn't remind them that they forgot to call and they, <laughs> I never heard from them again. Wow. 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 So hey, I have a, I have a question. Do, do you still have any of your original costumes from the series? No, no, I don't. Uh, I know where they're at. I know all the collectors. If I ever want to go retrieve them, I know where they're where where I can find them. Wow. Here's a great picture I want to show you guys. Look at this picture of you guys right here. Yeah. Unmasked. Over there. Look how cool. Look how beautiful Yvonne looks right there. And look at yeah. young, young Butch right there, little Butch, huh? Yeah, Alex. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I do a. I have a. When I travel around the country with the Munster Coach and my trailer and my escape room, I do a Coach to Coast channel mm -hmm. spelled with a K, K O A C H, to K O A S T. And I stopped in the Lana, uh, excuse me, the Ava Gardner Museum in her hometown in North Carolina. And I was amazed at how similar her and Yvonne DiCarlo's careers were back then at the day. They looked they were very similar in look, mm -hmm. dark haired beauties running with Sinatra and, and Clark Gable and doing this stuff. And it really was kind of like not only I'd never met Ava Gardner, but by looking at her, it really brought back a lot of Bondi Carlo memories. Yeah, yeah, she yeah she definitely ha they definitely look like each other. It's yeah, be beautiful. Here's a great picture of you guys right here too. But there's what, Beverly. The, that's the that's actually the first picture we took with me having my new my new hairdo because oh, originally really? I didn't have a widow's peak and I didn't have bushy eyebrows and they said uh, he's not scary enough and he's not weird enough, so we need to uh, make him a little more. <laughs> Munstery and Mike Westmore slapped the windows peak and some eyebrows on me. Now, what happened to the doll? That, 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 I, that's that's what I was just going to ask, Corey. Yeah, 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 yeah. where's Wolf Wolf? Oh, Wolf Wolf, right? Hold on, stay there. Oh, oh he's got it. Oh, he's got it. Oh, here we I go. I wish I would have known this when I was there that day. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Wow. Where, are we? Oh. where is he? There we are. Oh, okay. This is not the original. The original is in a museum. This was made off the original, and he's the only one that actually has posable armatures in him so he can basically you know sit and stand and do that kind of stuff oh that's great what that's museum so cool. is he in? that's woofy that is what great. museums will the uh, the original well, in 
Wolf Wolf, the original one, I got eight years after the Munsters, I was out doing an Ironside at Universal. And the prop man, Eddie Keys, came up to me and said, I got something for you, Butch. Just don't show anybody and slip this into the trunk of your car when you leave the studio. And when I got home and I opened up what he handed me, it was the original Wolf Wolf. Unfortunately, at that time, I was about 19 years old, 20 years old, and um, I didn't take very good care of him. And he deteriorated because I had him hanging from a noose in the, in the, in the window. At the oh, beach. you did? <laughs> yeah. So with, with, by the time he had almost fallen apart, I sold him to a gentleman that promised to restore him. Hmm. And from that sale, we sold 93 aftermarket dolls like this one to collectors. Wow. wow. So that's wow. the Could story of Woof Woof. Can you do that? That wolf wolf you have behind you are they for sale now? Those guys right now? Can you find is it them anywhere? Is that for sale right now? The wolf? No, wolf? no, no. That one's that's the only one in the world that has an armature in them. I could actually make little movies of him walking. You know, stop, stop frame, stop frame, stop frame. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love it. That I want a wolf. Great. Now I want a wolf wolf. Doll. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's well, they're they're gonna be. I, I have a secondary run going with the a foam rubber version, which is more action, which is more like the original because the original was foam rubber. Yeah. But the gentleman, we made 27 of them, and then he had an allergic reaction to the uh, latex. So he had to take a break. But he called me the other day and said he thinks he's up to uh, making some more. So uh, when I get Munsters.com back up, it's under construction. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll have a page for Wolf Wolf. Yeah, I'm going to put all, cool. any links that you have, too, that we sent. They're going to be in our description. So to get in contact with you, we'll have yeah. all that stuff. And, Butch, here's something that I want to tap on because I love this band. I'm I'm a, just a – me and Corey – this is Corey. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right here, Butch. This is all oh, I got to say. Tell us about yeah. this. That's what we got to hear. Look at you right there with Davy Jones. That's a great one. That's yeah, great. that was normally as a kid actor, I didn't really share my uh, my exploits with anybody at school. It was sort of a private thing because I didn't want people bugging me. But when I got that particular show, the Monster, uh, the Monkeys episode, I was very excited. And I told everybody in the eighth grade what was going on because uh, at the time, the Monkeys were as big as the Beatles, if not bigger in yeah. America, the TV show. Um, the Monkey Mobile. I mean, they were huge. They were like really the show to watch. I mean, at least for me and most other teenagers. And I had got a chance to work with them. And not only did I work with them, the script was written that I was pretty much an equal. I was in like all the scenes with them. Uh, they were like supposedly babysitting me. And I, except I was like a really old kid who had old ways about him. And they were more like the, the they were more like the kids, and I was more like the adult. And they were teaching me about uh, Christmas. So anyway, I had a wonderful week. And remained friends with them all. You know, Mike, not so much because Mike got out of it. But I would see Davey. We were always good friends. Um, Peter, I saw Peter a lot until his passing. And now uh, Mickey and I do stuff. I got some pictures of me and Mickey doing karaoke together. And, you know, Mickey <laughs> being a child actor, we had that common that common bond for us. And we've always, uh, we've always had interesting conversations. And he's a very sweet guy. Davy was dating Sally Field at that time. I think. Did you did you ever see? Did she come on set? Sally, yes, she did. Sally Field was dating oh. Davy Jones. They were wow. like the uh, the cute little Hollywood couple, power couple at that time. That's wow. great. Didn't you wow. do uh, My Favorite Martian? Also, I did. I did My Favorite Martian. It was funny. I I sent some pictures over, and I got a picture of me and David Copperfield. Um, David had just bought the the uh, My Favorite Martian spaceship, and he had contacted me about monster stuff he had bought. And, and uh or bought and i uh i said i see you got that my favorite martian spaceship so i was in vegas seeing aerosmith and he invited me out to dinner which i accepted and then he took me to his house and to show me his monster stuff but when i went to the airplane hangar the next day he had the my favorite martian spaceship and i told i sent him a picture of me on my favorite martian and he gave me the double bird 
And I said, well, <laughs> I don't think that's good. I did two Mr. Eds. They gave me double, double bird. <laughs> he loves 60s TV. He's a huge, huge fan of 60s television. And he was very, uh, he was very uh, uh, funny about the fact that I had done a lot of shows that he grew up with. And he was, he's a hell of a nice guy. What a collection, though. Ooh, wow. Really, that's really. awesome. The collection, his collection is big, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. But tell me, how, how, what would you estimate to be the number of sexual encounters that you you had being on TV to thank for? <laughs> you know, the really monster cool. thing. Corey with the hard hitting questions. I mean, it, the, I had more. I had my little my little thing for me was when I was 19 years old. Metro Media Records uh, had let Bobby Sherman go, and they this cut this group of guys with the uh, Claridge Music who were managing an old group called Sugarloaf. They wanted to create a David Cassidy type star to replace Bobby Sherman. And they had called my mom at the at the agency and she convinced them because Lidsville, the Sid and Marty Croft show, had just come out and she had convinced them to uh, to talk to me about this. So they decided that they wanted to make a record. And I told them I don't sing. That's not what I do. And they go, it doesn't matter. We'll fake it. So. Long before <laughs> Millie Vanilli, I, I like to call myself Munster Vanilli. And <laughs> I, for a, for a year, for a year, David Knight of uh, A&R Man of Metro Media Records took me and Dave and Dennis around the country to do American Bandstand and whatever else shows we would do and this and that. And we and we had basically, we, we lived like rock stars for about seven months and um, never made any money, never really went anywhere. But it was it was cool to hear your, hear your song on the radio and and to spend uh, you know like three weeks on the road and spending lavishly and having girls right and left and living the lifestyle of sex, drugs, rock and roll in 1972. Wow, wow, Sugarloaf, awesome. Green Sugarloaf, sh uh, Green Eyed Lady, Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, and yeah, Jerry Corbetta. and then that's where I met uh, uh, Danny Sugarman, the writer for Rolling Stone and the manager uh, uh, of the doors and then right. he introduced me to the cool people up in hollywood where i would go up and hang around and uh you know that's when i drove iggy pop from the continental hyatt house to the whiskey a go-go for his show because his limo didn't show up and it's that's like how many how many, awesome. 19 -year how many 19 year old kids have a mark three lincoln sitting outside i mean what was that like <laughs> i mean that's that's crazy that's good the iggy how is he iggy uh that that era of iggy man iggy that was, was iggy. I, I i had heard of him i didn't really know much about him i saw the show and i went Wow, I, that was amazing. I don't understand it, but I, I certainly saw the energy. And I mean, he was quite a physical specimen. And he was the first time I ever saw, you know, a, a, an artist on stage, like throw crap at the audience and pour beers on people and stuff. It was, it was pretty wild. <laughs> and people loved it. Awesome. That, they, they, people that, loved it, yeah. That is wild. Uh, so okay, so Butch, on that in that scene, okay, you, in, let's talk early 70s, because there's a lot of great music, a lot, yeah. I mean, the best. The best right. music. Okay. Now here you are, this child actor that a lot of those people watch and grew up with. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Eddie Munster character. When you met them, did you get any 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 big legends out there that go, Oh my God, Butch, it's such did you ever get one of those guys to fanboy on you as you were? Yeah, it, it, on it does happen. Uh, I was really good friends with Pat Denisio, Smithereens. Um the um the, the the fans that I've met, it's funny, the Munsters the Munsters is really a unique situation. It's it's really one of a kind, and it was a one of a kind show. But because it had cool music, almost every guitar player, whether it's a it's a 
Brian May from Queen or whether it's a garage band uh, down in Santa Monica. They all know the Munster riff. They all know. So it's like they the Stray all Cats have, recorded it. The Stray Cats recorded it. Remember? The Stray Cats have recorded. It's been recorded by the Boston Pops. It's been recorded by the London Philharmonic. If you look up the Munsters theme, it's been recorded over three hundred times. Wow! So wow! By major, major people, and and uh, and uh, yeah, and like you say, the the Christmas show with Brian Setzer, right? Exactly. Slim Jim's a good friend of mine, and yeah. um, so I, it's been very, very good to me because it. It's one of those shows that whether wherever you're at, if you're a filmmaker, you appreciate it from the technical standpoints of uh, camera angles and lighting. If you're a purist and you like talent, you like it because of Fred and Al and the rest of the cast. If you like cars, you like it because we had George Barris Hot Rods. Yeah. If you like looking at really good guest stars earlier in their careers, we had a laundry list of really good people come through as guest stars. So uh, the rock and roll world really enjoys it. Rob Zombie's a huge fan. Um, there's really... It's been it's been really good to me. I, me and Eddie Munster, may, they may not know who Butch Patrick is, which is fine by me, but they do know that character I portrayed, and that's kind of having the best of both worlds. No, I mean, I mean, I got to thank you, really, honestly, Bush, because um, I told these guys I, I was Eddie Munster, and they let me jam with them. See right here, there's <laughs> Slim Jim, there's me, and I go, hey, my name is Miss, call me Mister Munster, and uh, you know, and and they let me jam with them. Look at Slim, he's looking at me, he's going crazy. Example, one of the funniest things was. I was at the, um, I had prostate cancer and I beat it. So I was at Johnny Ramones at the Forever Hollywood Cemetery. They have a huge Johnny Ramone yeah. uh, tombstone out there. And every year they have a fundraiser. Uh, Linda puts it on his his uh, his widow and they always show an Elvis movie, you know, yeah. on the wall. So I'm out there with Slim Jim. Slim Jim invited me out. My sister's with me. So we're going out. She's getting some keys out. So she goes up to Rose McGowan. And this is about nine years ago, eight or nine yeah. years ago. So. I, I didn't want to go up and bug her, but I wanted to get a picture with her and Priscilla Presley. I, I did. I fanboyed out. So my sister goes, uh, could you, uh, Rose, would, I'm, uh, Butch, I'm Michelle. My brother's Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster. Would you take a picture? Before she could say that, fuck yeah, I'll take a picture with Eddie Munster. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. And that's, that's kind of how the response has always been positive. It's like, you know, I get a lot of people coming and say, you know, it wasn't one of my favorite shows. It was my favorite show. Rob Zombie, I, I sent him one of these for, for his mask, you know? And then I sent oh, one yeah. of these to Sherry Moon so she didn't feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, those are cool. Those are that's very awesome. cool. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Are those available online, the Munsters masks? The Munsters masks, you can get at the official Munsters fan group. And they're um, not that particular one, but there are some available. They're, um, I think they're $25. They're pretty affordable. Okay, good. I well, don't make them there, but they are available from a fan who posts them on the official Munsters fan group. Okay, and that is that is that your is that your site? Yeah, that's it? mine. It's twenty three thousand five hundred people now. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's in about it's been only about three and a half years. Wow! Congratulations! That's a lot of people. That's, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of people, man. Stefan's jealous. I'm jealous. I mean, how can I? What do I need to do? What do I need? Uh, be on the monsters? Oh, dude, I'm gonna put my picture right here. Just did. That would be me right there. Look, let me just ride. That's me on on Butch's back. Let me ride yeah, the coattails, no Butch. Help me out. You know, help me out over there. Hey, Butch. Can I ask we'll you what your impression of, was when they came to you with the script about the beard? 
when when Eddie oh, gets yeah. the beard. Yeah. Oh, I love I yeah. love the idea. I knew it was going to be very funny. I had no idea how itchy it was going to be to have a, a full beard laid on your skin for three days. But um, it was a it was a great show. Uh, when I when I read the scene about me going to Doctor Dudley with Herman and us walking in and 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 uh, Paul Lynn, you know, taking a handful of that's another thing. Back in the oh 60s, my god, you could get away exactly with taking a handful of sedatives. Or grandpa was in the basement or the dungeon making up a, a batch of go-go pills for Eddie to run faster. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's so great, Paul go-go Lynn. Pills. It I was mean, a much simpler time. It was a simpler time. What was Paul Lynn? What was he like to work with, Paul Lynn? He was very, yeah, long before he was the Secret Square. He was, you know, he was doing Bewitched in the Munsters as Uncle Arthur and Dr. Dudley. He was funny. He was very funny. Very fun, <laughs> Very funny guy, you know. And, and what about, you have a show on right here. With this beautiful oh, yeah. lady right here. What is yeah, her name? That's Ivana Cadaver. That's a macabre theater. We uh, created a show back in about, oh, I don't know, the, the 2005. And um, she took this show. I went one way. She went the other. She kept the show on the air right now. It's on Saturday nights on YouTube America, YTA. And we're showing some of the old shows we did together. I did 34 of the episodes in the early days. And now we're resurrecting it up to uh, current stuff. So, yeah, we do. Uh, she hosts it. And then I do. Um, call, we're gonna do. We're gonna start doing some uh, some uh, commercials from the road, from me visiting fans and doing live live call-ins. Awesome! Very cool! Very cool! Very cool. So you 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 were saying with the cars, all that. How about the the monster mobile Excuse right me? now? This oh, right yeah. here, the monster mobile. Where is this car now? Do you, that do you... the original that is in Orlando at a Michael Deezer collection. The mm-hmm. number two car is at George Barrison's shop in North Hollywood. The okay. Number three car is in my car club. Uh, John Spragato owns it. And then the one that I have is a uh, Chevy powered version that the gentleman built. And that's the one that I tour around in. Oh, so you have the Chevy. That's your car, the Chevy power one. I have wow. a big one, Chevy one. Yeah, 500 horse, 454. And wow. that's the one that I use. And that's the one that comes out of the trailer when I see right now what I'm doing is I've designed up for this pandemic situation yeah. is I designed a tour to come into town or small businesses and stuff and show them how a social distancing layout can be with mm. two people going through my escape room at a time as opposed to four. Um, people can be at the merch table six feet apart. The coach itself has 10 designated photo spots surrounding it six feet apart. So what I did is I designed up something to help small business owners that normally wouldn't think they could afford um me to come into town because normally it's you know it's fairly expensive so i've done i'm doing it for 20 percent of the uh, of the normal cost to to wow. try to help people uh do something and structure something where we can come in and uh get some people to come out of their living rooms safely and start to integrate back into uh, a little bit of normalcy hopefully yeah yeah that's no, great definitely definitely Thanks. cool and uh cory any other questions you have there because you know actually some of the some of the fans yeah, let's we can right. go some sure. some of those questions right here. We got Kath Grant. What is she asking right here? Uh, you know what I do is yeah, I don't go. My my thing is I do not go on auditions. Uh, I just that's kind of why I stopped acting in the first place because I thought when does this stop? How long will someone have? I kept, I felt like I was being treated like a child actor, even though I yeah. wanted to a twenty one year old man, and I never really loved it that much. So I just stopped doing it. But now I do get people reaching out to. Uh, offer me parts in their in their movies, and I try to accommodate them whenever possible. With it's if it's uh, if it's within my travel schedule, and if it's within their budget, and uh, I keep my price really affordable because I'm trying to sort of give back to the community that's been good to me. Mm, but yes, yeah, yeah. so it's like riding a bike; you never really forget. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And then we have a, over here. We have a question here, Kid 
kids smoking in the hey, if you ever want barbecue tips over here butch right here kids smoking in the backyard with jeff kid you like barbecuing butch of course yeah this guy <laughs> this guy's in florida he's cooking up a storm he's inviting when this whole thing ends all of us are going to his house he's flying oh. us there he's yeah. with the monster coach with the yeah. coach, everything the coach and mr kid Absolutely. how you doing my friend you have a question for butch yeah i wanted to say how um first of all huge fan appreciate you coming on um and congratulations on being a cancer survivor i am as well good um i wanted you. to say to you um how much how much harder is it working today how has it changed working today in hollywood from the time in the 60s when you work the uh, good question the, the the structure itself is is pretty much basically the same the three rules which are know your lines be on time and hit your mark those those never change you got to be prepared and, and you got to be able to take direction if it's you know if, if the way you're interpreting it and doing it isn't right then you have right. to be able to adjust it according to the director's wishes basically which i could do for me luckily 90 percent of the time the way i was presenting it was the way they wanted it so i was basically just being myself which made it really easy. Uh, the difference is number one is the amount of content that's being done and the technology uh, and how they make the show is much different than it used to be. The cameras, the lighting, the whole, there's not as many people. You, you would think that there would be more people when you look at the credits at the end of a movie because there's, there's like an endless sea of names, but most of those names are in post-production. So the actual amount of people on a set is actually less than it used to be because it doesn't require as many people. Um, the money is the, I used to teach a thing on how to get into show business the right way. And a lot of the kids and the adults, I would talk to them together, their mom and, and the kid. And I'd say, you know, if as long as you're doing this because you enjoy the acting process and you're, you know, you're enjoying interacting and drama class and you're not looking at it as a career, you're in a good position because it doesn't matter if you make it as a star, you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're in it for the money, it's very it's like an nba or an nfl player the chances are you're never going to make it to to the show so you're going to be disappointed but if you if you don't care about the actual uh, finances of acting you're in you're in good shape and whatever you do in life what oh we oh, did we lose butch he was uh, oh there he's butch there he is right there it will be helpful in your everyday life very cool very cool very cool Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Hey, keep smoking in the backyard. All right, thank man. You. Thank you. We're gonna get we'll get some it's great meeting you, Butch. There. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you, Mister Kid. Over here, thank we got. Buddy. Let's see if we got the doctor over here. If Doctor G has any questions over here, that's our local doctor. It's Corey's doctor. They 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 they're, they're <laughs> hot and cold with each other. Doctor G in the house is Mister Butch Patrick. Hi, over Butch. Here. Hey. Over here. Yeah. Any any questions for uh, Butch? Well, uh, no, I just uh, appreciated listening uh, again. Uh, it's it's good to catch up on you, and I'm and I too am uh, excited for you in terms of getting over the prostate cancer. It's one of those things where it's so common, people do not recognize how important screening for prostate cancer is, and how adequate treatments are out there, and it's every bit as important as breast cancer screening among women. So, um, thank you for uh, sharing your that part of the story, not being afraid to share that part of your story. No, thanks. Yeah. No worries there. No. Thank yeah. you, Dr. G. Dr. G is great, and Corey's uh, right over here. And then we got over here the fabulous Oive McVeigh. Yeah, Oive, hey, hey. you have any questions for Butch? I mean, you're the responsible for bringing him here. I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk to us and come on. You know, and, and um, I, I talked to Richie last night, Butch, and uh, he sends his regards and what a great guy you are. And, and yeah, the, really, the only question I had was that about the costumes. I was always curious about that. About what? Had them. 
if you saw you answered it already if you still had the original some of your original outfits from the show oh, yeah the, the, the cars no no i said I had, I had already asked you earlier about the outfits from the show but you, you oh, outfits. Uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oy vey, oy vey, where's your lunchbox you have the monster lunchbox i, I do i have it in storage it i'm gonna get with him i want to get it signed but i'm surprised that things up and upwards of like 700 dollars man yeah, the Munsters is very is very pricey stuff. Luckily, they they come out with new reissues every once in a while, so the cost comes down. But the original sixty four to sixty six stuff is yeah, it's is the original one. Wow, yeah, wow, wow! Right over here, we got Jester's house right here. Butch, what was your favorite episode? It's hard to pin down to just one. You did mention Zombo, which is yeah. a really <laughs> good one. Uh, Eddie's nickname, really good one. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned the baseball. Herman the Rookie was a good one. Um, yeah. Hot Rod Herman, where we introduced the Dragula. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, went the, we went to the drag strip. Uh, is a good one. There, there, there's really a lot of them. This but those so four come to mind. Yeah, they're so good. I mean, you watch those shows. It's like watching the honeymoon. Is that both shows didn't run long, but they get great, better and better. Man, they age like a fine wine. They really do. They never get old to me. The Zombo one was just one that I remember watching, just loving it. There's, there's, you, know. you know, the the interesting dynamic of that was the Universal Studios because Leave It to Beaver happened to be shot at Universal, and the producers were looking for a project. They were able to utilize the Universal monsters from the 30s and 40s, and they had the sets, and they had the the the, 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 the set dressings, and they had the knowledge of how to create a very visual effect. And then they just happened to take that and lay it over with a Leave It to Beaver script with with lovable you know, character actors playing uh, yeah. funny monsters and it, and it clicked and it, it just was, you know, on paper, it probably yeah. looked like, 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 like uh, Marilyn's agent said, it'll never see the light of day. But for some reason, everybody, as soon as Fred Gwynn opened his mouth, he wasn't Herman, you know, he was not Frankenstein. He was Herman yeah. Munster and the rest <laughs> was history. He was great. He yeah. was a, lo a lovable character. Great. Yeah, I, that great. I asked a joke question before about Pugsley, but and it makes a more serious question, which is we were, was there a rivalry between the two shows and um how do you feel about the Adams family having a second life with all of these other reinterpretations and the monsters not well uh two thousand answer two part question number one we were it was good for both of us they were on friday night we were on thursday night had we been head to head it might have been a little different story but actually whether you preferred one or the other i think we both helped each other because you probably watched both of us just to compare. Yeah. And as far as the, the Adams family did go into feature films, the Munsters had another series. They had the Munsters today with John Shuck and Lee Merriweather for five years in the eighties. The guy, uh, Arthur Schwartz, uh, Sherwood Schwartz's uh, son who did Gilligan's Island and Brady Bunch did that. Then they had the Munsters revenge. They had the Munsters today. Um, so the, 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 as far as the big screen features and like, you know, the Raul Julia, Angel Angelica Houston one, no, they didn't have the Adams Family values of that kind of feature, but they did have an, a life afterwards. But we never did a stage play, but we were heavily merchandised from the toy angle. We had a much stronger, um, um, I guess, memorabilia presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a I mean, they really have tried to do Munsters. I just don't think that it's easy to replace the people that made them so lovable to begin with. No, that's very no. Tough. there's tough just one. no grandpa. There's no Herman, no matter how much somebody no. tries just not that they don't have it yeah. you know it's it's interesting there's sometimes common sense doesn't really play into hollywood at all because i'll give you an example uh they they came out with the munsters uh pinball machine last year and i went out and i did a tour featuring a lot of pinball uh, festivals and 
the Adams Family Pinball Machine is the most successful pinball machine of all time, and it's been out for 30 years. So you would think somebody would say, hmm, the Adams Family Pinball Machine is the most successful one ever. Why did it take him 30 years to come up with the Munsters one to think that through that that might be a good idea? Go figure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, you're right on that one. Here, Here's a good one from the Colonel right here. Butch, were you surprised how the show took off in syndication a after less than a two-year original <laughs> run? Bless you, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, yes, the they like to have a hundred episodes. That's sort of the that's the magic number, which would have been a third year. Uh, we were thirty nine the first year, thirty one the second year. So had we gone into a third year, we would have achieved a hundred. There are some shows that have done well with that. Uh, the Honeymooners, I think, is thirty one. Uh, a few others were in the uh, sub one hundred shows. Star Trek, I believe. I believe Gilligan's Island. But yeah, the. Um, I think that's I think that's uh, you know sort of a uh, a feather in the Munster's cap that the fact that it did so well with only seventy episodes was kind of breaking you know sort of like thinking outside the box for the market for the syndicators but it worked well and it's uh, it was sort of a badge of honor for them to be able to go into syndication sub one hundred yeah definitely definitely very good well this it's been a great been, show yeah this has been a great show Butch I, you know I, hey it's Friday. We went overtime. You've been a real rock star to hang with us today, Butch. It's such an honor and pleasure. And and uh, you know what, Corey? Thank you. Thank you for plug not the offending, keys. Butch. Plug the keys again. Yeah, I'm going to plug okay. the keys. Let's plug keys. the keys. I'm you know what, Butch? These keys. Speaking of rock stars, these <laughs> rock stars love these keys. Lita Ford's got one. Cherie Curry's got one. Right uh, here. Wait, Butch. Right, right here. Hold on. Look. Snyder's got yeah. There's right. Kane Hodder, Jason. There's Lita. What a cool photo. Uh, yeah, there's a, the, people love these keys. Go to Munsters, Go to uh, the Keys to My Castle. They make great gifts for that hard-to-buy-for person. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. You know what? I'm My wife and I, we're moving. We're getting into a new home. We need new keys. So, Butch, we're going to go there. And let's say, show us that, that coffee right there, Butch. Let's there go you go. <laughs> Deadly ground coffee. <laughs> That's it. I what a great it. name. But you got <laughs> some good you got some good stuff over there, Butch. You got some yeah. really good stuff. I have I have my four year old here. I, I have a four year old giving me ice cream right now in the morning. Yeah. I do. Okay, I, I try you. to do something other than just eight by tens on my table, you know. No, you got a lot of good That's stuff, awesome. Butch. I'm actually gonna hit yeah, you up because cool. I want to know more about it and I'm I actually want the keys. I'm gonna go on that line and go there and put the description. Thank you. Everything we will appreciate be here. It. Yeah, no, I, we appreciate you. Let me okay, tell you man. something. We appreciate you. Everybody, let's give him a round of applause. Cheers. Yeah. Butch Patrick. Cheers. Welcome. And you know what? Thank we'll you, keep in touch, my friend. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Bye -bye. You have a great day, sir. Bye-bye. There he is. What a great Very guy, cool. huh? That was awesome. Guy. This was a good show. I got to say. Nobody offended anybody. He was a nice guy. A lot of people watching. Mike, Mike talked a little too much, but that's okay. He's a little shy. Corey, <laughs> you didn't even upset the doctor. This is so long. You haven't, you haven't ended. No, no, we're not oh, ending. I know Mike likes to end the show at a certain time. Everybody, follow Mike on YouTube. He's going to do a YouTube show where he gets to start the show the way he wants to start it and end it the way he wants to start it. Start and start and right, Mike. Tell them where the kids could find you on YouTube. Tell them, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to call it Mike the Tiger on YouTube. Mm. Ah, cool name. That's mm. what I'm going to call mm. it. Like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Have some ice cream. Nice for ring breakfast. to it. I'm Jordan. I know you're just starting out in the game. And I want anybody to support you, but you have a beautiful <laughs> channel. A lot of people don't know about you. I'm here to take my people to your, to your, where can people find Jordan? Look up Days with Jordan the Lion, D-A-Z-E, or just type in Jordan the Lion on YouTube. You'll find mm. it pretty easily. Thanks, mm. Stefan.
Hey, man, you know what? This ice cream makes me want to help everybody. I feel bad, Jordan. I want to help you. You know, I want to make dreams come true. It's well, to have Larry Green take us out on the keys. Take all the galleries for us. We're going to have to do that. Uh, Corey over here, you. How can how can people support right. you and your what, what's your YouTube show? Come on, tell me. Well, we're we're trying to build one. My my partner, uh, my my daughter and I, and she's she's being a, a little bit uh, uh, cantankerous in terms of our song selection. So, uh, oh really, but, really, where's your daughter? Get her here. I want to hear about this before we get out of here. Come on, go get right. your daughter. Go get her. All right. Hey, they oh. they could be like Raven and wear the the helmets they, on there. They could be like Raven, um, Oive. You're not going nowhere. You're stuck with me. You're you're gonna be. You're, you're not doing no show. You couldn't do it. You, what are you gonna do? Oh, you got real quiet when you saw this one up there. I, I did. You, I gotta admit. You. What, Her I eyes think, are amazing. I think this show's off. The, that's it. We'll make. We'll help you out, Oyve. Okay? I like that tie. How about the? How about the doctor? The doctor. Everybody can find Doctor G. Doctor G. Hey. Middle Path. Where, where can everybody find you, Doctor? Middlepathmedicine.com. You know, I'm actually doing the Dave Congleton show tonight, this afternoon, sometime too. So. Uh, uh, that's the local radio sh uh, show as well. And so, but, uh, you guys can find me on middle path medicine. We always got information on there. So uh, we will do, we'll do that. We thank you for coming here. Doctor's always here on Fridays for any questions. Think about it. If you get a splinter, let's write about it. The doctor will talk about it. Uh, kids smoking <laughs> that's in the backyard, which hey, hey, doc. Thanks guys. Uh, anybody's problem is my problem. I'll make them your problem. You're the problem solver. You're going to solve it. And we got kids smoking in the backyard with Jeff Kidd. Jeff Kidd, you got a great YouTube channel. You're teaching people how to cook. But can I talk to you honestly? Um, what We got to fix the name. It's, it's, there's too many kids going on here. <laughs> okay. We we'll do fix, it. All right. We yeah, we'll do it. Name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But what can we do? Corey, you're Barbie, right. Barbecue talk with kid. Let's let's make it a little because I can I'm always forgetting because it's this. I got one. What 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 do you think? How about just smoking kid? Yeah. Smoking kid. I I think so. We're gonna help. I want everybody to subscribe to this channel. Subscribe. Yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah, because if he changes the name, yeah. are you at twenty five? Yeah. Do you hit twenty five hundred yet? What are you at? Uh, who who what's who? The, the, what's the numbers on this? Who kid smoking? I don't no. know. We'll figure out. Everybody subscribe. I don't know, Mike. Just stop. Now he speaks. He speaks now. <laughs> he finds decides to speak about not Mike. I don't need you to push the subscribers. Just just rub your chin. You're in a closet today. You said nothing. I have to pick on somebody. I started with Oy Vague. Corey and the doctor played nice. And you. You bad bad internet. Everybody. Mike, you want to know about subscribers? People, do me a favor. I'm push their channel, subscribe to their channel, but most important, you know what? This is Coffee Talk over here, right? We're here mm. Monday to Friday, weekday, yep. in your house, in your living room. You know what? Coffee Talk, it's not in for the face. week. It's not for the week sometimes. But you know what? We don't know where it's going to go. But I need you all to subscribe. There's 100 people. Out of the 100, you might be new. Subscribe to my channel before you leave. Hit the bell. Remind people about us to bring you good entertainment like we did today. I appreciate everybody today coming on. We love you. Now, the weekend's coming. I want you guys to be safe. Wear your mask, wear your guards, or stay home. Take a warm bath. Um, don't go out without shoes, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Keep the hey. shoes on. Keep it on. Keep it on, okay? Corey, where's your sidekick? Does she want to say anything before we run off? She's in online school right now. Oh, so, oh, so you guys are fighting. Oh. Okay, Corey, yeah. This is how the Beatles <laughs> broke up. Everybody, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with Corey Levitin, but you know what? We love you, everybody. So you know what? Be good to your folks. They've been good to you. And remember, we'll see you Monday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
in the east mm -hmm. at 11 a.m. your time. On that note, we are out of here. God bless you all. Mwah. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank Goodbye, you, everybody. Guys. Yeah, we will see you later. And that, that is yeah, the end. Right? That's it. Is that it? Is that it? Is that it? Is that the end? Is that Hasta it? la vista. Hasta oh, la it? vista. Okay, everybody. Goodbye. We love you. It's coffee talk with the tea cup. Nothing rhymes with that but chicken.